If you want to read, I've got several scriptures to read here. But let's start here in Luke chapter 14 and verse 25. We're going to read down through 35. Now, the subject is entering in to the kingdom of God, really. It's about being saved, you'll see. And Jesus said, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply after he hath laid the foundation is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, now this is what I want you to hear, what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise. So likewise. He said all that to help us to understand. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith it shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill, but man cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So he's talking about a king. He's comparing being saved to a king who's gonna who's fixing to be attacked and and counts the cost and sits down and figures out how to meet him. Second Corinthians chapter ten verse three and four. That you ought to know this verse by heart. I've quoted it so many times through all this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want to read a couple more verses. First Timothy chapter one, verse eighteen, nineteen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went on before thee, that by th- that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. First Timothy chapter or I'm sorry, second Timothy chapter two verses three through five. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Alright, now that's all I'm going to read right now for scriptures. But what we're going to talk about tonight here is being able to make war. Spiritual warfare. Hope you all listen. I've been thinking on this for two weeks almost. So I hope you'll listen. This will be a great help to you. I think if you'll get it. Alright, War. Well, do you know what war is? Oh, we've all seen pictures of it. 
we read stories about it. But it's one of those things that until you're involved in it, you really don't understand what it's like. It's insanity. It really is. There's nothing about it makes sense. It's a clear uh, example of how messed up this world is and how messed up men are. The fact that war just will not stop. It is It is always going on. Always has been going on. War is about killing. It's not a game. It's a War is a state of contest by violence. That's what it is. It's not a game or a competition. It's a violent contest where the winner takes all. A war begins with an aggressor and a defender. Somebody starts it. It doesn't just happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it just doesn't... uh, It's not like... uh, What do you call it? Uh, Combustion? My mind ain't working. It's not spontaneous. It's not a spontaneous thing. Just like what we're watching over there. I mean, we're all watching what's going on over there. And we're all wondering at it. Because we don't know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. Nobody does. I don't think. War is one of those things that it just creates a a situation where anything can happen. You've heard the saying, there's no rules in love and war. That's just about how it is. You can talk your Geneva Convention and all of this, but when it comes to war, I mean all out war, there's just no holes barred. It's about killing. It's about living or dying. And if you don't win, you die. Or you're subjected. It's a serious thing. The most serious thing. The defender simply wants to live in peace. But the aggressor is willing to fight and kill and destroy everything to get what he wants. Aggression is caused by greed and hatred and pride. All aggression. I mean, from... Two people fighting with each other to nations fighting against one another. It's the same reasons. Same reasons. That's why there's aggression. No other reason. The aggressor may want to revenge for an insult or wrong that's been done to him or he thinks has been done to him. Or he wants an increase in possessions. He just wants to have more. So he's going to take it from somebody who has it. It's uh, and it, 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 or he just wants to extend the realm of authority, be the top dog, be the one in charge, be the king. That's why people are aggressors. You can go from the schoolyard to the battlefield of nations. It's the same reasons. Why? Why are people like that? Well, sin. Now the aggressor, uh, a war of aggression is never considered justifiable. For somebody to just attack another nation or for some individual just to attack another individual, that's never justified because of their pride or because they want revenge or because they're trying to steal something from them or take something from them. It's never justifiable. Nobody ever considers it justifiable. That's why the whole world is against Russia right now because they're, that's the way they're viewed. That's what it looks like. You know, from all I can determine, that's what it is. I mean, they, 
They're the aggressor and they're aiming to take what these people got. Their land. Take control. Be it bring it into their domain. There's a lot of reasons involved. And I listen to people talk and everybody thinks they've got it figured out. Some mysterious secret thing about Putin and that's the reason they're done. No, I, I, while making war, you know, when you make war in defense of life, property, and country, that's considered justifiable. Just the way it is. You know, don't you think that people have a right to defend themselves? Yes, sir. yes I do. I think if somebody came in my house in the night time, broke in my house, then I've got a right to defend myself. I hope that never happens. I don't want to hurt nobody or kill anybody. That's the farthest, that's the last thing I'd ever want to do. But I don't want them killing her or me. Amen. So everybody would agree that it's justifiable to fight back when you're attacked. When they're threatening your life. Yeah. Do you realize that's what the devil's doing with you? Yeah. I mean, do you realize that war is the proper word to describe what the life of a child of God in this world is like? We're not the aggressors. Right. <laughs> the devil is the aggressor. And everybody that's under his control and influence and that belongs to his kingdom. It's a war of defense against the powers of darkness that are wrecking havoc in this world that we live in now. That's the situation. So, alright, now we got that nailed down. We're in a warfare. We're in a war. It's a spiritual war. We're not fighting the devil with guns, carnal weapons, swords and knives and bombs and... All that. We're not fighting Him with that. We're not fighting evil with those things. Right. The primary goal of an aggressor or a defender in war. You women probably don't think much about war. Men do. It's just... It's a man's domain. Yes, yeah. that men make war. Women cause wars, but they don't make war. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you. I didn't say women cause all wars. I said women cause wars. A lot of this stuff you read in the news. And war is a contest of violence. A lot of this stuff you read in the news were some of that church shooting out in California. The way they always try to conceal it and veil it with their words because they don't want to judge and they don't want to. Oh, baloney. Man went in a church, killed two adults and some children. One of the adults was his wife. You don't have to be a genius to figure out what was going on. Do you? That's war on an individual level. War on a grander scale is the same thing. It's just, uh, it's just more people involved. So the primary goal of an aggressor or a defender is to take away the ability of the enemy to make war. You've got to stop him from being able to fight. Stop him from being able to resist what you're doing. This is the message tonight. We're in a war. 
Now, what is the devil's primary goal toward you and me and all of us? To neutralize you. To stop you. To fix it so you can't make war against him. So you can't defend yourself. So you can't inflict any obstacle in his goals and work and designs. So let's just think about that a while. The main goal of the devil is to take away our ability to keep fighting and resisting him and his attacks on us. All the weapons of our warfare are described in the Bible as weapons of defense, except for the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And in order to stop us from making war against Him, the devil must take away all of our means of defense. Now, when nations go to war against one another, <clears throat> that's just exactly what they do. It always has been. When it was swords and axes, it's the same tactics, the same prime, uh, you know, primary things as it is now with all of our technology. Mm-hmm. What do they do now when they, when, before they attack, what do they do? The United States did it, you know, 30 some years ago in Iraq. Well, they cut off their communication. They stopped the communication. They can do that. Because we all, this is how we communicate anymore. With our phones and stuff. Yeah, that ain't in my pocket. Good. But they've got means to shut her off. Yeah. And so that's what they did. They stop you from communicating. They stop the government from communicating. You know, all the nuclear missiles and everything, it's layer after layer of get their missiles first. Get, you know, take out that first. You take out the things that matter first to keep them from bombing you. How many of you have read about Israel in one of the wars that they had back in the 60s and 70s and how that uh, Egypt had their air force parked on the ground? And Israel flew their jets a hundred feet above the water at 500 miles an hour and came over there and destroyed their air force. They never got one plane in the air. Before they knew what had hit them, they weren't able to do anything about it. And they took them out. They didn't go over and just drop bombs and just shoot all around in the air and the ground just randomly and arbitrarily and hope I hit something. No, they did it just exactly what needed to be done to keep them from sending them planes over to bomb us. It's just the way war works. And if you don't, th- and, and war is the devil's thing. Man, that's what this is all about. He's at war with us. And whether you like it or not, You're at war with Him. I don't like war. I don't like to fight. No! Who does except the devil and evil people? But you got to. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes nations have to go to war. In World War II, our country was attacked. We stayed out. We stayed out almost too long. And that's the fault. See, evil could be stopped early on a lot without near the cost. But good men don't want to fight. They want to talk and and try to figure a way out of this until it's almost too late. 
But when 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 Japan bombed us, Germany declared war on us because they were allied, see? It works that way in this war too. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. This is familiar, 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 but we've got to read it again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So that shows us that we're under attack by a wicked aggressor who is out to own us or destroy us that you may be able to withstand all the fiery darts of the wicked. This shows us that the goal for us, the goal God wants of us is for us to stand. Over and over. It says it over and over in these verses. We're not going to defeat the devil. We're going to stand. He's not going to take us down. You know, the, the war that's going on over there now. I told you the other night, and I, man, it's his truth, and it's more clear all the time. This generation has not seen a war like this. Russia comes against these people, and they fight. They're fighting. And no matter, you know, the news and all of that, boo on the news. But there's too much coming out of there. The people got phones. They got a way to transmit all those pictures out of there. They can't stop it. Or they haven't yet. You know, what's his name? Put the Starlink over there and send a whole bunch of dishes to him, or, you know, the little gadget you got to have with it to track the satellites. So there's, they're pumping those pictures and videos out of there and what's going on. And, you know, we've not seen more like this. The, war, the wars we've seen is our bombers going over and our cruise missiles and the ships are hammering them and it's all robots and push button out on a, a ship in the ocean and all that. And then people just hunker down until the smoke settles and then they come out of their caves and their tunnels and everything else and keep on doing what they're doing. You haven't seen a war like this where people fight back and it's all out in the open. You haven't seen a war where the where this superpower country targets civilians and blows up apartment buildings, tries to kill all the people. Israel before, you know, they bomb them with all those missiles and Israel go in there within hours and they'll take out their headquarters. They'll assassinate the very leaders of them. But they first go in and drop flyers over all the people. Get out. I mean, this is what time it's going to happen. You better get out. 
We're not trying to kill the people. Now these people are, see. Yes, they are. And that's the way war really is. It's amazing to me the the ignorance of this generation about warfare and what it and even like World War Two and what it was like. We've got a thing we watched it once or twice. I couldn't hardly watch it twice. It was just it's so it's such a uh, grievous thing. But the Allies in World War Two bombed Germany unbelievably bad. Just relentless every night. I mean, and just overwhelming. I mean, they just burnt the cities and the people to the ground with bombs in order to stop them from fighting. They blew up their factories. They did everything in the world. To, we got to stop it. I mean, we didn't start this. But if we don't bring it to an end, that's why uh, the United States dropped the atomic bombs on Japan yes. to bring it to an end, to stop it. Sometimes the devil will drop a nuclear bomb on you too. They say over there the heavy stuff's not been brought in yet. True. You you better believe that's true. And if it keeps going, they will. And and it's no telling what we'll see. But it's war. And what I want to try to do tonight is get you to see that in the spiritual realm is where the real war is happening. That war wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for the war in the spiritual realm. So, let's just hurry up and look through a few things here. Now, the goal is for us to stand. You want to take people's weapons away from them so they can't fight. It's been the, you know, it's forevermore the battle here in this country to take away the guns from people like, that's the only thing you can fight with. You can fight with rocks. One of the first battles in the Civil War was won by the South with rocks. Sure was. They run out of ammunition and instead of turning tail and running, they just started throwing rocks. And the the North, the Yankees retreated. Gave it up. You can kill somebody with a stick or a rock or a knife, but they want to take away your guns. Why do they want it? Why would the government want to take away your guns? To take, keep you from killing one another, that's what they say. What do you think? You ain't seen no killing until they take away the guns. All the people in the Ukraine over there, they'd take away their guns. They didn't even know what it was like to have a gun. Now they're handing out machine guns to everybody. Yeah. Never had a gun in their hands in their life. Right. Been a whole lot better. They'd have been a whole lot better prepared for this if they'd have had, had to let them have their guns. Right. You know, the, here's the thing. How, what do we got to do to make ourselves here realize what the, the reality and the seriousness of this battle that we're in? I mean, what has to happen to us before we'll wake up and realize and start standing? Yeah. Those people over there, 
I mean, we heard about it for weeks and months here. They're going to invade them, going to invade them, going to invade them, moving troops all in. And, of course, you know they were anticipating it, but why didn't they give everybody a gun six weeks ago? What is it going to take in our lives to, I mean, in your life to realize truth? That's the first thing He'll try to take away from you. Let your loins be girded about with truth. That's one of your defensive, part of your defensive armor. And that's the first thing the devil will try to take away from you. Truth. Are you hearing me? He can do this only by convincing you to believe a lie. And I've been hammering that. The lie is the snare of the devil. And it's where he begins. So be very careful where you get your information. I mean both in spiritual matters and in earthly matters. Be very careful where you get your information. A lie in either realm is a lie. And it affects your whole life and future and so much more. Once you're deceived and living and discerning things by lies, even one lie, you hear me? Even one lie. Then you're, you are, it affects your whole life. You're, you know, it, the devil has you any snare. And that defense is gone in your life. And there's a breach in your defenses and an open to an invasion by the enemy right into your very heart and mind. Do you understand that? As long, in a war, as long as you're safe behind a wall or way back from the perimeter, you feel safe. But when there's a breach, <laughs> the enemy comes in like a flood, man. There's an opening there, and that's what it is. When you, when you compromise on what is true, when you're willing to accept or entertain things that are questionable or not true, and you're opening yourself up, he's taken away one of your defenses. Righteousness is the second thing the devil will major on to take away from us. Hear me. Our righteousness must be the same as God's righteousness. And let me just make it just a little bit clearer if I can. It isn't that God mystically imputes that attribute to us in heaven while we continue to live contrary to His moral law here on earth. That is a doctrine of devils. If you believe it that way, that you're really wicked, but thank God your your imputed righteousness is what you're depending on. It's a deceit of the devil. My righteousness is what I think is right. Your righteousness is what you think is right. God's righteousness is what God says is righteous. That's God's righteousness compared to our righteousness. It's what I think or what God thinks. My righteousness is His filthy rags. God's righteousness is right and holy. And He's He's holy in all He does. And He's righteous in all His works. My righteousness. It isn't that... The devil wants us to have our own ideas about what is right and wrong. You hear me? I'm not going to aid and abet you in your uh, delusion of you know what's right and wrong yourself. And it's according to how you feel about it and what you've been taught about it and doctrines that you've swallowed that are polluted and distorted and not right according to the Word of God. 
Now the devil, that's the devil. He's trying to take away your armor. Righteousness. Put on the whole armor of God. The breastplate of righteousness. It protects your heart and your lungs. The very things that keep you alive moment by moment. Your righteousness must be God's righteousness. Not that we're just still wicked and we don't know nothing and we do everything wrong, but we're hiding behind some shell of some kind or hiding behind God some way where He's... No! What God says is right is what I believe is right. That's what we're talking about. That's the righteousness that makes the breastplate. That's the righteousness that we're supposed to have. Having the breastplate of righteousness. (laughs) Y'all get that? He wants us to disagree with God and what He has said is right and wrong. Isn't that what He did in the garden? Yes, sir. Yeah, hath God said. God knoweth that in the day you eat of the tree, ye shall not surely die. He wants you to disagree with God. He wants you to differ with God. He wants you to... So... uh for they, here's, here's a couple of verses. Romans 10.3 For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That is just what I just said and explained to you. Everybody's got these blinders on because of Calvinism and everything you've heard everywhere else. And Baptist preachers say it all the time and it's not made clear. What the you can't say they're lying, but what they're saying is not clear. It muddies the waters. And it makes people with the devil's aid believe a lie about this matter. You're not safe because God's cooked the books in heaven and made you righteous when you're really not righteous. Made you righteous and justified when you don't agree with God and you got your own ideas about what's right and wrong. And you justify your own sin and transgression or somebody else's. Ain't no way. That's right. Here's another verse. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9. And be found in Him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by Him. Why do I believe God? <laughs> because of Jesus Christ. You know how many people believe in God, but they don't want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Muslims, they say, well, we worship the same God. No, we don't. We worship God, the Almighty God, the Creator of all things, through Jesus Christ, His Son who was God incarnate. And that's how our faith works. We have we repent of our sins with faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. That's salvation. He there's no other name among men given under heaven among men whereby men must be saved. It's through him only. No other way. And be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. (laughs) 
Sinners don't agree with God about what's right and wrong. That's why they drink and commit adultery and steal and murder and kill and everything else. That's why they do it. Lie, cheat, go to war. They don't agree with God about what's right and wrong. They got their own righteousness. What they think and what they justify in their own heart and mind. So when the devil gets us into the place where we're defending things, listen to me, that God has condemned, we've lost that defense. And our wall has been breached and the enemy can come in like a flood into our life. Just start compromising on what's right in God's sight. Just start justifying that little lie now and then. That little uh, indulgence in carnal things that God has declared immoral and wrong. Just start doing that. And see what the devil does to you from that point on. I've seen it over and over through the years. I know exactly what he does. It's a breach. He'll attack us by taking away our footwear, which is the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what it says there, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Well, if we will not study the Word of God and learn what He does for a person and how to live it and present it to others, we're like a barefooted soldier. If you don't understand the Gospel and if you can't relate it to somebody else, articulate it, explain it to somebody else, what God does for a person when He saves him. If, if all you got is the Romans road and a track, and that's the best you can do. That's as far as you can go. That's as deep as you can go. You're just like a barefooted soldier. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. See? The Bible's full of it. That's our shoes. That's our boots. And He takes them away from us. If you ever watch, I remember seeing in old cowboy movies and stuff, they'd, they'd take, take a man's boots and leave him in the desert to walk. Take his horse and his boots. Well, he and his gun. <laughs> He's not much danger then, is he? Where do you think the devil's got everybody? Huh? How much do you think he's afraid of us? He's about as afraid of the modern day Christians as, as the world is. You can see how they, how much respect they have and how much... Uh, care they have about the gospel and the people of God and that's just how the devil is. Laughing and mocking because they're just such a bunch of barefooted unrighteous full of deceit and lies. They ain't making no war at all. They're totally defenseless. If we uh, Nobody can war good warfare barefooted. Can you? Oh, of course not. We're, we're made weak and ineffective in this war if we're overwhelmed with cares and busyness and apathy and laziness. We're a burden and a stumbling block to others in the war and we hinder and prevent others from war and a good warfare. No, no boots, you're weak and ineffective and we're a burden on everybody else. I mean, it slows the whole thing down, don't it? You ought to see me walking across the yard barefooted. I don't run. 
when I was a kid, I did. I remember running down the rocky creek bed, barefooted, just as hard as I could run. Didn't hurt a bit. Boy, I'm not used to that now. And I weigh more than 40 or 50 pounds. That's <laughs> and the poor old feet. I I watched which one of the kids last night, I seen him going across. It was Ada. She done took her shoes off, and here she went across the driveway. And she was, little as she is, boy, she was stepping lightly and slowly. You're no good without your feet shod of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Yeah. You better understand it well. Yeah. Not just for your benefit, right. but for the benefit of others. Yeah. You better understand it so that the devil can't lie to you about yes. it. Amen. And so he can't get you to lie to other people about it. Where faith is our shield, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Think the devil's going to attack your faith? It's our trust in God. And it should never waver or grow cold. Or if it does, we're open to the deadly shots that are continually being fired our way. I mean, if you're under fire, you've you seen the pictures of the anti-aircraft fire and all, this sky is just full of bullets. And you're in the way. Would you just drop your shield, just stand up wide open? Of course not. Your faith is our trust in God. And now I hear a lot of people talking about they're mad at God because something happened in their life. Or they're disillusioned with God and they, they just don't understand why God would do this to them. Where's your faith? They're afraid something's going to happen to them. Where's your faith? what Jesus said to that bunch in the boat that night, His disciples. He said, Why are you afraid? Yeah. Where is your faith? Right. God will take care of me. Oh yeah. Oh hallelujah. Sang it in church. But then something, all it takes is one little smack. Yeah. And then it's, oh, God's forsaken me. I just don't know. If God loves me, how could He let this happen to me? And need to realize that's the devil. That's the ammunition of the devil. And you, you're letting down your shield of faith. What happens to people if they linger in that state of mind and in that thought pattern of just, you know, God ain't done me right. Faith believes God. That's just what it is. You just believe God. No matter what happens, you believe God. The devil tries to take away our faith or get it out of the way by simply getting us to trust in things other than God. Are you listening to me? You trust in the government? You trust in the politicians? I mean, do you have any hope? Is that is that your thing? Do you pray for God to help him to get us this, you know, and get our taxes lowered and get our you know get any more social security? I mean, get us insured and everything. Do you trust in man? Do you trust in princes? That's the devil trying to get your shield out of the way. Your shield of faith. We're supposed to trust in God. In all our ways. Acknowledge Him. I'm just telling you there's not a whole lot of people do that. Now, 
earthly weapons and means of security and earthly means of being healed or staying healthy. I mean, do you trust in those things rather than God? Is your hope in those things first? Do you ever get your hope in those things? Or do you just trust God? I'm not saying you should never take anything. You should never go die. I ain't saying that. I'm just saying, where's your heart? Where's your trust? What are you really relying on? i got to hurry. We either trust the Lord or we trust in ourselves and others or in some wisdom of this world. Now, that's just the fact of the matter. That's the way it is. Black and white. You either trust in God or you don't. You're trusting in something else. And and we're admonished here to take the shield of faith. Keep it. Use it. Don't drop it. Don't let it be here when you need it over here. The shield's got to turn, you know. With our shield of faith down, even for an instant, it can cost us our life. Or get us wounded so that we're no longer a participant in the war. That's his goal. To put us out. To put us on the sideline. Some way, any way, don't matter to him, any way to do it. To neutralize you. To fix you so that you can't fight anymore. There is so much. I've thought about this. My goodness, and I ain't no way I'm going to be able to get it all in there. Where's it going? But it's, you know, he tempts you to sin. You're done. You fall for it. You're done. You're out. Oh, well, you know, somebody told me last night, I was on the phone last night for an hour and a half, almost, with a lady who's got all kinds of problems with family and stuff. And that's part of the problem right there. Is, you know, just trusting in things that are of the world. We either trust in the Lord or not. With our faith down, shield of faith down, even for instance, it can cost us our life or get us one. Now the devil cannot take our helmet of salvation, but he doesn't have to take that to neutralize us in the war. Y'all realize that? He can stop you from ever being able to do anything else. Well, I'll just leave that there. He can get any other part of our armor and use us as an example to blaspheme God and condemn the souls of many other people. The Word of God is our sword and it's our only weapon of offense. Now, He can't take that from us either, but He can deceive us into surrendering it. He can do that by promising us a new one that He has issued. It's what He's done with the world. It may look like the real sword of the Spirit and sound a little bit like it, but it has no firepower in it. Uh, it's just, I've been at this a while. And, and this book right here is the one that has the power. It's the one that you can memorize. And it sticks with you. It's the one that, that you just notice. My kids, since they were little bitty, have been able to identify when somebody's not using this Bible. They, they, they can just, they immediately look at me and say, Dan, that ain't right. No, it's not right. Little children, they don't even have the verse memorized, but they can tell. 
So the devil can take away our sword that way. It's dull. These imitations, they're dull. They're not sharp because it's not a real sword. It's an imitation, like a toy made for children to play with. And so with, with no weapon, we can't do anything to prevent, to hinder, to slow down, let alone stop his attacks on us or our children or anybody else. You've got to have a weapon. Yes. That's why we just, you know, we're going to have a weapon. If they, if they come and finally take away our guns, I am going to have a weapon yes, of some kind. I used to have a machete. Now, that's a fearful weapon, buddy. There's all kinds of weapons you can have. I'm not going to be weaponless. It's necessary. Or you are at the mercy of whatever anybody wants to do to you or to your wife or your children. You remember Michael Pearl? He said he explained why he always carried a gun. He was out on the road one night and he said he come upon this scene and he said this woman, this man was just beating the ever-living daylights out of this woman on the side of the road. And he got out of his car and he's a great big guy to put a stop to it and the guy pulled a gun on him. Well, he didn't have no gun. So guess what? He couldn't do anything with that. And I don't know what happened after that, but he lived over it anyway. But he said, I vowed to myself that night that I'd never be caught in that position again. Mm-hmm. Terrible feeling to be totally impotent in a situation where somebody's life is at stake. You don't want to be that way in this war. The devil attacks other people. And, you know... Maybe I shouldn't say things like this, and I won't call her name. The lady I talked to last night got terrible problems in the family. Grandchildren, you know, that are sodomites and stuff. And they raised them not to do that and all of that. And the only thing she's got going for her is this right here. You understand me? What else can you do? What else makes any difference? This is the Word of God. This is what God says. And she told him, rightly, she said, you're not fighting against me, your grandma. You're fighting against God. Because this is what God says. Your war is with God, not me. That's powerful. To somebody that's in sin and condemned in their heart about it, that's powerful. Thus saith the Lord, Otherwise, it's just my opinion against your opinion. It's my righteousness against your righteousness. See? It's what I think is right, and you got what you think is right. No. My righteousness is the same as God's righteousness because I agree with God. What God says is what's right. What God says is wrong is what's wrong. Not what I think. Not my opinion. Not what I like or dislike or how I feel about it. I told her she better stick with her guns. She better not compromise. She better not accept it. Never accept it. And she called me because she said, I just needed some backup. I just needed... She said, I'm the only one. 
The rest of the families just said, you're just going to have to give it up. Now, that's the way it is. You're going to have to accept it. No, I won't. So, you don't get to go to the family gatherings. You're not invited anymore. And any birthday parties or anything they're doing, you're out. That's okay. It's a price to pay. It's war. I mean, when it's really war, everybody gets real... Uh, they kind of get rid of their opinions and all this stupid stuff that everybody's always fighting and talking and arguing about all the time. That all just disappears because there's a greater need. When are we ever going to get to that place? When is God's people ever going to get to that place where they realize that the greater thing that's going on here is much more important than he didn't shake my hand. i tell you what, did you see what they said to my kid? You know. Man, souls are at stake and yes, souls are dying and the devil is attacking the children. Right. Yes, he is. Man, we better get this. I tell you, y'all better get a hold of the fact that you got to stay away from this world. That's right. Yes, the situation that I'm talking about. I went off to college and learned from these, from the Egyptians and the Philistines how to live and how to think and all their philosophies and that's what happened. If you don't want the devil to get them, you better keep them away from the devil's universities and everything else. Yes, sir. Amen. And the rest of this world and its influence. No weapon we can't do anything. So guard your armor. And don't let the devil take any of it away from you. Or trade you something for, for it that's phony. Alright, now I've got one more little point I want to make and then I'll quit. But the other means of taking away the enemy's ability to make war is to demoralize him. Now, we all understand that. You've all heard those terms before, haven't you? That's what they're doing over there now. They're trying to relentlessly hurt the people with the killing and the destruction until everybody just says, we can't take it anymore. And quit. Just quit fighting. Quit resisting. Just let them come in. You know, like Sherman did in the Civil War. You know how the Civil War ended? I mean, it got to that point. How many of you know who General Sherman was? You know what he did? Yeah, burned scorched earth. He just went through the South taking a wide swath. He burned everybody's houses, barns, killed all their animals, took all their food, destroyed it, throwed it in the river. I mean, took everything away from them that he could take so that they couldn't live. And what did they do? Well, it won them the war. Kind of like the devil did to Job. One day, he lost everything. The devil declared war on Job. And it was all, you know, just the devil told God, just let me at him. He'll curse you to your face. And he took everything he had, all of his riches, all of his children, everything, all of his servants, except for one. Remember the one that came back every time and told him what had happened. (laughs) What was the devil trying to get Job to do? Curse God. Same as his wife wanted him to do. Whose side was she on? And in all this, Job sinned not. He charged God foolishly with his lips. 
Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Shall receive good at the hand of God and not evil? The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, don't you know that man, don't you know the devil stomped and got mad at that? <laughs> That's your example of a good soldier. How much more have we got than Job had? Like, all, we've all experienced at different times in our lives when we had more on our plate than we could deal with. The devil tries to demoralize us by taking away or destroying all that is dear to us. Death of loved ones. Betrayal by someone you never expected it from. Things like that, you know. By loved ones who surrender to the devil and his evil and become your enemy and a soldier of the devil against you. Might be your own children. Might be a spouse. Might be your parents. Might be people you went to church with. Might be friends, childhood friends you grew up with. The devil gets them. Why do you think, you know, I mean... Why do you think they're targeting orphanages and places like that? It's just to make people so distraught that they just give up. That's what a lot of people do. I've watched it through all the years, and that's what a lot of people do. When something awful like this happens in their life, they just abandon God and everything. They just abandon everything. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to stand with the armor on. Knowing what's going on. We're not ignorant of his devices. We've got good intelligence about the devil and what he's doing. And that's why we're preaching all this. Lord, I hope you all don't forget this stuff. Loss of, you know, sometimes the devil tries to demoralize us by taking away or destroying all that we have worked for and all that is our means of sustaining ourselves. Like losing your job that you've had for a long time. Just being poor. And unexpected catastrophes like financial catastrophes and other things like, you know, your house burned down. You, you know, like this family had the little child run over. Don't you know that is an attack of the devil? Remember that. When these kinds of things happen in your life, remember where it's coming from. There's no accidents with God and there's no accidents in this spiritual warfare. It's the devil against you and me and against your family. And his main primary goal is to stop you from fighting. Stop you from resisting. Stop you from protecting anybody else against him. We must fight always. Stand always. And never give up. And never surrender. No matter how discouraging it may be. You listening to me? Or what it may cost. You remember the time that Winston Churchill came up here to St. Louis, I believe, in the college where he made that speech. Where he just got up and he just said, Never, 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 never surrender. And that's what he told the people in England. He said, we will never surrender. 
He said, we'll fight him on the land. We'll fight him on the sea. We'll fight him in the air till we rid the earth of his shadow. Well, that's back when there were some men. Somebody with some grit. And I'm telling you, all of us better have that when it comes to this warfare. It's funny how people can summon up that kind of grit for a war like those people are doing over there. And then, but then in the real war that really matters, the one that's going to determine eternity, and and the outcome is already known, by the way. We're going to win! Looks like we could stand through anything knowing all of that and having what's all at our disposal. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. We've already read this, but I'm going to read these verses again. This is the goal. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's it. Be strong. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So it's telling us over and over, take on, take unto you the whole armor of God. Keep that armor at your defenses. This is what the way you're fighting this war is defensively. Don't lose your defenses. Hang on to truth and faith and your shoes and your righteousness, your breastplate. Don't let him breach you with in any of those areas. Walk in truth. Do what's right. In God's sight. Study and learn of God and Jesus and the Word of God and the Gospel. 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Every verse says, stand, stand. Then Jude Jude chapter. Jude 24 and 25 says this, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. And to preserve you, present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Yeah. And to him that is able to make you stand. Yes. Yes. Amen. So see how faith and all that works with that? If you'll just stand on God's side, always, He'll stand with you. You better believe that. You better hang on to that. Earthly, physical wars, they don't (laughs) come to an end one of these days. All this is. (laughs) We all look for that day when uh, men will beat their plows into, or their, their swords into plowshares. But it ain't happened yet. By a long shot. But that don't matter. What we're talking about tonight is this spiritual warfare. Don't let the devil disable you. That's what he's doing. That's, that's his, he is relentless. Daniel said about the beast in the last days, he will wear out the saints. That means he'll just keep the pressure on relentlessly until they fold. That's his goal. That's his goal. What would it take for you to just give up? 
A lot of people just give up and just keep on going to church and doing what they're supposed to do, but they gave up in the battle. Yeah. Everybody's got to fight in this war. There is no discharge from this war, the Bible says. You got to keep on fighting. You got to keep on standing. You do want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Don't you? You do want to hear, enter thou into the joy. Don't you? Prepare thee for thee of my Father. Fight the good fight of faith. There's so many more verses on mine. It's an important thing. Don't be lazy, carefree, apathetic about all this. Recognize what's going on and stand against the devil. Stand against unrighteousness. Stand against the lies. Amen. Alright, done. Father, thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the message. Pray to sink down deep in our ears and hearts and minds. Lord, help us to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Help us to realize this reality that we're in a war and we're under attack all the time. And it's the, it's not as visible to most people as what's going on over around the other side of the world right now. But it is, it is more real than anything else that's ever went on in this world. And Lord, help us to, to stand and fight the good fight of faith. Help us to have one another's backs in this battle also. And stand in unity for what is right and against the evil. And help us, Lord, I pray. We, it's through Your strength, not ours. You're able to make us stand. And Lord, I pray that You'd help us to keep our eyes on Thee. Please burn this into our souls, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. That's it. I'm done.